You are listening to the KPMG Insurance Insights 360 podcast. I'm your host, Sierra Nicholson. I am back in the studio with Nadim Haraibi and Kelly Combs, both directors in the KPMG advisory practice. Welcome, both of you. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. So your topic today, I'm pretty excited about it because this isn't something that we've touched on in any of our other conversations. Um, you know, we've heard a lot about the the journey of digital transformation that insurance companies are on more broadly. But one thing that we haven't touched on is how risk management should also be evolving to keep up with this change. So we'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Absolutely. I I think we've heard a lot of great things this week um, from a lot of different speakers around automation, a lot of uh, ideas around how automation is going to be coming as a new wave of activities. Uh, but more importantly, what I almost viewed as a, uh, an arms race, so I think we heard it from the, or one of the speakers around Plank Re, where a lot of companies believe they have the next disrupting technology, uh, and they're all feeling like they're going to be the next, the next big thing in the industry, but that also tells me that they're probably starting to rush to the journey of automation, maybe before they're ready to. And a key consideration that we have is around the idea of risk management or more so governance of that automation and how that needs to play a very big role, not just in your short-term goals with automation, but more importantly, your long-term journey of automation. The other thing I would add is risk management is playing a more strategic and advisory role. And they're also being seen as really an advisor for the business function and trying to instill trust and confidence in new systems and data that's being relied on. Um, They're looking at capabilities and skills that they can augment their team with and bring to the table to provide new perspective and help raise what are these key considerations and new risks that emerging technologies like artificial intelligence, chatbots, RPA are introducing. And something that you started to touch on there, Kelly, that I'd like to hear a little bit more about is this notion of the trust and confidence that executives really have in the data that they're getting. I think you have some data points to to support that. Yeah, we do a number of different surveys around, you know, CEO level confidence in data and analytics and their their systems. And we're finding that you know, over half have unrealistic expectations on the returns that they're going to see from investments in things like artificial intelligence and machine learning. And, you know, 65% have little confidence uh, in the outcome and the data that these systems are trained on. And so what that's telling us is that there's a hesitation in the marketplace to adopt these technologies. And, and part of that hesitation is, do we have the right governance? Do we have the right understanding of how the system's working and the outcomes to be able to to rely on the system longer term. So this is starting to feel like a big event in terms of risk management and a real catalyst for change. Nadim, when was the last time that we were in this situation and how is this different? I I would say, at least in my experience, uh, when I came out of of school many, many, many years ago, uh, (laughs) the last big evolution I saw when it came to risk management was around the time of Sarbanes-Oxley and the role that that was playing in terms of elevating the function of risk management and its prominence in the organization. And, uh, you know, the years before that, it was really more of a out of sight, out of mind thing, unless you really did something wrong, it wasn't going to come up, where now, at that time, when you're implementing Sarbanes-Oxley, 
it became more prevalent, but now, roughly 20 years later almost, we're almost plateaued with the, the, the ability for risk management to have an impact through that evolution, but the next wave with automation and how that's going to be the next big thing for a lot of companies to start pursuing, whether they've already started that journey or they're thinking about it now or are going to feel like they're, they're in a rush to get into it, is risk management's going to be having to evolve again as the next big revolution in terms of their function and how they're going to be a party to adding value to the organization and helping keep that organization viable going forward. When you talk about this evolution in risk management and this concept of, of risk management really being viewed as a partner, not someone standing over you, watching you. What are the like considerations for risk management organizations who really want to, to make that reality for their organization? I would say my, my initial consideration is, is almost what I call the, like the health check or self-assessment. You know, a lot of times, at least in my experience, both working in industry as well as being on large transformational projects, is they tend to be looking at things in isolation, even though it may have a, a, an enterprise concept in, in what they're trying to implement. They end up operating in an isolated fashion that they're not taking that holistic enterprise view of how are they going to have risk management covered from end to end, number one, and number two, the long-term scalability. So I think we had a question today around, around implementation and of automation, but the challenges of change management with that. So it was an interesting question because what I've seen in my experience is change management is always forgotten about, but it's, it's, it's the same as risk management in terms of when you're implementing, right? You need to be able to have that strategic view of how you're going to do this whole evolutionary change. And without having the, the, the thought out process of how you're going to do this, but more importantly, seeing it starting from where you know you are and having true understanding of what your current expectations are and where your expectations need to go. If you don't do that initial assessment up front, you're not going to have successful implementation and more importantly, successful uh, journey once you've implemented. The other thing we're seeing is these new emerging technology systems have data and so it's not enough to apply old techniques to new technology. Um, so it's, it's a little bit tied to what Nadim said, but part of it is how do we think about new approaches to governing and evaluating systems and how can we use tooling to actually automate some of the risk management, assessment, monitoring function against automated solutions. So I think we're going to see the rise of how can the risk management function as well use and consume these tools and how can these tools be applied to help govern the emerging technology. So some organizations have bots that monitor bots, which is a little bit funny to think about, but, but that's kind of the next wave as well. How do we digitize governance and risk management? And I, and I would I would piggyback on that. That's to say, it, it comes down to thinking about how how the risk management thinking needs to change. Where than before, you would always have set up a control and a process that would look for more of the bad actor. Whereas in now, you're going to come up with a strategy that's going to apply things like bots monitoring bots, but you're doing it in such a way that you that you're going to have confidence in that is going that bot's going to be able to identify the flaw in the design up front as it's operating, rather than down the road after it's executed, or maybe not even catching it at all, which would be the, the worst outcome. Right. So the themes that you're talking about now remind me of some of the comments that Ed Shanda made yesterday when he was talking about this movement um, in the insurance industry to not only be reactive, uh, but to find ways to help prevent 
you know, disasters from happening to their uh, clients in the first place. Would you say that that overarching theme is also happening in, in the risk management organization? I would absolutely agree. I think, at least especially during my time working for the last nearly 20 years, I've certainly noticed a slow trend toward that, and that was kind of the question I raised early on in my career, why don't we as an industry do that to be more preventative, mitigating the risk rather than allowing for it? And really the reality was at that time, it was just a cost-benefit nature of the way the industry operated. Did it cost more for us to focus on, on the loss or focus on mitigating the risk. Whereas in now, when you're thinking about it, when the automation coming into play, those risks start to exponentially uh, grow given the impact that automation can have and how quickly it can move. So where maybe it took you time to do a manual process before and maybe it took you a week to perform that process and you implement automation to replace that process, you're not going to have the ability to, to catch an error in that process as 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 real time as you would have before. So now having to take more of a, a, a mitigating lens, a, a preventative lens in your risk management strategies becomes more prevalent than it, than it was before. The other thing we think about is if you have a system that's executing and making decisions and performing work, you know, that used to be done manually, why don't we think about security by design and, and instill secure principles, look at the integrity of the data that's training these systems, uh, put in controls and checkpoints around bias mitigation and how to make sure that the outcome is fair, um, and how do we make sure that it's secure and explainable in business terms how the system came to its conclusion. So if we embed those, we call them trust imperatives, into the design of a system, we're thereby being preventative, and uh, as the system is making systematic, you know, and, and decisions at scale, we're better equipped to understand when it's starting to get off track. Nadim, I want to go back to something that you touched on earlier uh, when you said that everybody forgets change management. What do you think, or how do you think that risk management views change management? I think there needs to be, part of the risk management function needs to be very well partnered with change management, especially when we're talking about uh, automation. Um, there's going to be a lot of pain points that change managers are going to have to deal with, you know, because there's going to be a disruption to the business functions who are getting process automation implemented, uh, potential pushback, et cetera. But to help with that journey, there needs to be a governance around what are you really trying to accomplish, partnered with the change management and make sure that's well, well integrated with the teams who are going to be part of the teams working on the, at that implementation. And it comes back to what we talked about before with the risk management being heavily focused on design of what you're trying to implement in the first place. So if you come up with a, a, a good design based on the right principles, uh, the right framework, that makes it much easier to translate for, for change management to utilize uh, with the implementation and help smooth the journey of going from a manual process to an automated process. The other aspect of change management is does the organization have the right structure, committees, oversight bodies? Have they created groups to, to bring together stakeholders to think about the implications that automation has? So effectively, do they have a steering committee? We've seen organizations create an AI board for ethics that look at are, are we using AI in the right places in the organization? How does it tie to our corporate responsibility? 
um, and then a number of different ways you can implement a center of excellence. And their part of their goal is implementing the technology, but it's it's much broader than that. It's understanding the risk implications. It's what's the the technology requirements, and, and what is the people and, and skills and training and, and and change management components that are so vital, not just at the beginning of a project, but all the way after the project's been implemented ongoing. So a lot of companies feel like they're behind in adopting these kind of technologies. What's your perspective on that? Well, it's in, it's interesting because I think some of the more basic automation technologies, a lot of people are jumping in the pond and experimenting with proof of concepts and pilots. But then when we looked at look at really enhanced automation like artificial intelligence and machine learning, adoption at scale based on some of the recent surveys we've done is only about 5%. And a lot of us are saying, well, why is that? Why are why is everyone so concerned about, you know, are, are we keeping up with competition? And, and why are we seeing so much media press about AI and enhanced automation? And part of it is this, this concept of clock speed. And within our own organizations, we have a certain clock speed that we operate at. Um, so what we think might take two minutes might take someone else an hour, right? Um, and relative to industry, uh, insurance, for example, is is a little bit more slower to adopt some of these emerging technologies and may have legacy systems and limitations and, and sort of the culture in place that doesn't make them as conducive to, to take on AI at scale. Um, so it's not just the clock speed within your function and what your organization and your company culture is comfortable with, but it's also relative to your industry. And we're finding that a lot of the early adopters are, are more in the technology space, are doing more experimentation or are really concerned about consumer experience and that hasn't traditionally been a focus area per se for insurance. Yeah, we're hearing a lot about consumer experience from uh, a lot of our speakers. So I'm glad that you brought that in at the end there. there there's a lot of thought around that right now because there are a lot of new companies, disrupted companies, a good example being Zong An where their whole model is focused on creating a rapid, easy consumer experience. And as such, they are dominating the Asian market with their ability to not just uh, get new policies to sell the volume, but just how quickly they're approving and the number of uh, uh, premiums they're able to earn off of that. It, it's unbelievably uh, dominant in comparison to traditional insurance models and traditional customer service. Imagine that you're back here at the KPMG Insurance Industry Conference three years from now. What kind of themes are you talking about in that time as it relates to um, automation and risk management? I, I would say I think we are still going to be earlier in the journey when we look at the industry as a whole, but we'll probably see a, a larger volume of companies starting to adopt automation more readily and now going through the pain points and being eager to learn how to navigate some of those pain points, whereas in now I think they're more interested in just learning about it and you know putting their toe in the water, so to speak. Whereas, so I think three years from now we're going to see more companies more knee-deep into it and looking to get neck-deep soon. I think that we will see, hopefully, more success stories around automation journeys and, and how they're really driving transformative digital change from uh, back middle to front office or, or maybe front pushing to back office. Um, and I'm hoping that we'll have clients alongside us telling us about how their journey went, what they could do better, 
but also that they have contemplated and built governance constructs. I also have a feeling there might be a stronger regulatory point of view at that time, um, which will really align with how are we addressing risk management controls, um, what does good governance look like, and, and we'll have an even stronger point of view than we do now on that point. All right. It was such a pleasure having both of you here. Thanks so much for spending some time with us, and we'll see you again soon. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. You have been listening to the KPMG Insurance Insights 360 podcast. For more insights, visit listen.kpmg.us slash insurance insights 360.